Welcome to the show where we interview our network of B2B SaaS experts. This is the Notion Capital Podcast, hosted by Paul Papadimitriou. Hi, I'm Paul, and today I'm with Dan Dysamon. How are you? I'm well. How are you, Paul? Very good. Thank you. So for our audience, tell us, who are you? So yeah, Dan Steinman. My current role is general manager of Gainsight for EMEA. I'm building our European operation. After five years at Gainsight, having been chief customer officer and chief evangelist, and before that, having been Gainsight's third customer when I was building the first customer success team at Marketo now six or seven years ago. So that's my journey through the world of customer success and how I landed at Gainsight. So we wanted to talk today about customer success in the age of the customer. Everybody talks about customer nowadays, you know, as the pinnacle of what we should aim for when we're building any company. So what is for you customer success? Customer success, you know, is defined in a lot of different ways. But the way I think about it is our customers buy our products and they use some relatively small percentage of our products, generally speaking. And customer success's job, put really simply, is to get our customers to use more of our product if it's a one product company or more of our products if you're a multiple product company. The reason that we think about it that way is because using of our products is a proxy, we believe, for the value that they get out of our products. That's what we're really trying to drive in customer success is helping our customers maximize the value they're getting from our products. Because we sit here in a world that is basically what we call a recurring revenue business world, meaning most of our customers today are on subscription or at least paying as they go. And they don't stay as customers unless they're getting value. So customer success is job. The end goal is to make sure they stay as customers and they buy more from us. And the way we measure that or try to measure that is by are they using and getting as much value out of our products as they possibly can. First, because you've been doing that uh, quite a while, has the definition of customer success changed a lot in the past 10 to 15 years? Yeah, I think it has. I mean, the core of it is still the same, and that is try to help our customers get the most value out of our products that they can. But I will say if we back up kind of to the beginning, most SaaS companies, let's say seven, eight, 10 years ago, the reason they built a customer success team was because they got surprised either by a particular customer churning or by the overall churn numbers. And the CEOs, wise people that they are, took a look at that and said, you know what, we can't survive as a company if a lot of our customers are churning. So what are we going to do about that? And they built customer success teams. The very first customer success team was built at Salesforce in 2005. And that was built specifically to offset a dramatic churn problem that they were having. That's why I was hired at Marketo to build the team there because they had a challenge with churn that they knew would not allow them to do an IPO. And that was their plan. And I think the evolution has been, it's no longer just about mitigating churn. It's now about also maximizing the additional value from a dollar or a pound standpoint that you can get out of existing customers. And then taking that one step further and saying, if all of our customers were advocates 
and our advocacy was really high, what else would we get? We would get high referenceability. We would get great case studies. We would get customers who are willing to speak on our behalf. We would get customers who, when they picked up the phone and found an old friend who was a prospect asking them how they liked working with us, we would get positive reviews from them, both physical reviews online, but also that voice-to-voice thing in this connected world those contacts happen all the time. So I think the overall view of customer success is expanding dramatically from just stopping churn from happening to now maximizing the overall value that we get from our install base, which is not just monetary, but also advocacy. So yeah, let's take these three. You said mitigating churn, the value for dollar, and of course, these whole advocates in word of mouth system. Do you tackle them as three different bits that you need to address? Or do you think there are still one and an only journey that you have to undertake within an organization to expand this customer success? Yeah, it's such a great question, Paul. I think the answer is kind of both. I think the journey you want to take your customer on is pretty consistent probably depending on the segment of customer that you're talking about, because all customers are not created equal. So most companies will ultimately end up segmenting their customers and they'll engage with those segments in different ways. So the journey for each segment, at least, is going to be pretty similar, but you're going to measure those outcomes distinctly. Like we're going to measure churn rate for a given segment very specifically. We're also going to measure the expansion rate. Are we selling more to that customer and expanding to other divisions of that company if they're big enough to have divisions? And then the third part, the advocacy part, we're also going to measure specifically, like how many references did that customer do? How many referrals did they do? Have they done a case study? Those kinds of things. So we're going to measure specifically those things that we would call kind of marketing events that are the result of doing customer success really well. So the journey is going to be pretty similar, but the outcomes are going to be measured distinctly and it could vary quite significantly. There's two things in your answer here. First, you talk a lot about measurements. So the tools that you need to measure as an obviously also the KPIs, which you need to measure against. But I guess that as well, in order to reach those uh, thresholds, you also need the right talent to do so. Let's maybe take the two. First, measurements. In your career, I'm sure you've had now seen an evolution in the tools that are available for you to actually measure this success. Yeah, and in fact, that's the business we're in as a company is providing those kinds of tools. The platform that will allow you to operationalize your customer life cycle and measure your effectiveness in doing that. And there's a number of other vendors in the space as well. So it's clearly something that's caught a lot of people's attention. And I think on the customer side, customers are getting real value out of technology and helping them drive the success and the outcomes that they want with their customers. And I think over the last five years in the world of customer success, the metrics and operational part of the job has become way more important than it was initially. And the relationship part of the job, which was kind of primarily what the job was all about six or seven years ago, has somewhat diminished And this is the evolution of almost any organization where there's a way that it starts and then there's a way that it evolves, right? So sales many years ago was mostly a relationship job. Now, if you look at sales organizations, you see this high degree of measurement, right? Every stage in the pipeline is measured and the close rate from every stage in the pipeline and the close rate for each sales rep, et cetera, et cetera, right? All of those measurements are available at your fingertips. And I think customer success is going through that evolution of becoming much more process oriented and much more metrics driven as opposed to being primarily a relationship type of job. 
The only other thing I would add, Paul, is just technology is becoming more and more important in this world because customer success by definition is a people-driven business. You need customer success people to help drive the right behavior and the right value for your product. But you can't scale that organization purely with people. The only way to scale it is to add some technology to that equation. And that's the world we live in. I think every customer success team of more than four or five people feels the need to do that. So they're doing that in some way. It might be mostly manual, but they probably use Salesforce and Excel and some other tools. Uh, And the evolution then ultimately is probably towards a purpose-built tool specifically for that particular role, that customer success role. I guess then that the kind of people, the kind of talent that you seek to hire is different now than what it used to. What kind of talent are you looking for when you're building a team? Yeah, it really has changed. There's some core aspects of a customer success manager that remain the same. I look for someone who is a domain expert or can become a domain expert because the conversations with customers from customer success are often not about the product. They're really about intelligence around understanding the customer's business. And so domain expertise is one. Most of the time, organizations do differ on this, but most of the time you want your customer success manager to be a product expert as well. That's one of the things they bring to the table for the customer is I know our product and I can help you use it better. So that's a core value prop of customer success. And then the third leg of that three-legged stool is those customer-facing skills. We want people with the right personality, with the right intuition, with high emotional push, and right people who are intelligent about interactions with people. A lot of the same skills you would hire in a salesperson. And all of those things haven't changed, but the thing I mentioned earlier really has changed. I used to hire CSMs for that primary skill of being able to build great relationships with their customers. Today, that's on the back burner a little bit more, and I'm more inclined towards somebody who's very process-oriented, who's really driven by metrics, and who would look at me and say, I don't care how many customers you give me, as long as you give me a fair and realistic retention goal, I know how to go make that goal. If you give me a thousand customers, I'll do it without ever talking to those customers. And if you give me two customers, I'll do it in part by building a great relationship with those customers. But that's what I want is somebody who's goal-oriented and process-oriented more than they are just wanting to get by on building great relationships. But I guess that at Gainsight, because you're into that business, you're a bit of an early adopter of that thinking. You just said before that this process-oriented way of selling has caught the eye of other organizations. Those are your clients. So how do you see them evolve? Do you see them that now they are up to speed into all this measurement and using tools like yours? Or do you still need to educate them and teach them how to do it and the value of having this kind of measurement for customer success? Yeah, there's definitely an ongoing education like there always is. Customer success, as we talked about, Paul, is actually pretty new. Salesforce might have done it 12 years ago. But if I go back six years, the total number of VPs of customer success in the world might have been 50. Today, it's probably 5,000. Wow. So it's growing really rapidly. And we just started that process because the world is moving towards a subscription or recurring revenue model. 
And when you do that, you need to think about customer success, regardless of what you call it. So this evolution is really happening. And so there's this ongoing education that has to happen. And as a company, one of the things we try to do is a lot of experimentation. Try a lot of different things because we can help the world both with our successes and with our failures. You know, it's equally as valuable for us to do a blog post that says, we tried this and it didn't work at all. So don't try this because uh, <laughs> you'll just end up with, uh, with your fingers burnt. Don't touch the stove like we did. So we really see ourselves as the kind of leading edge of that spear, trying a lot of different things, figuring out what works, at least for our model. And that's not to say it works for everybody, but at least there's a learning there. If you're dealing with this kind of situation, this particular model might work. This one probably doesn't. So we really see ourselves as we're the curators of the customer success community in many ways, it's bringing those people together to talk to each other. It's bringing expertise to them based on all of the people that we know and the conferences that we do. And then it's bringing our own learnings to them. And I think this is going to be an ongoing thing because it's an evolution that's just barely started. So besides, you know, the education on the measurement and how to use these tools, do they come to the same realization as you just hinted earlier that you need a different skill set or an evolutionary skill set for their own sales teams? Is that something they sometimes also ask you for guidance towards? It is. And that's where I talked about domain expertise. For us, for the customer success managers at Gainsight, the domain expertise is customer success. We want to have those conversations with our customers and our prospects as well, where they're saying, you know, what kind of talent should we be hiring? How should we organize them? What is the interaction? What is the effective interaction with a sales team look like? How should we get our VP of sales to think differently about the customers that they're selling to, et cetera? So lots of those conversations that really have very little to do with our product, but have a lot to do with how to be effective in this new world that includes customer success. Uh, out of curiosity, uh, at Gainsight, because you hinted that the world is going through this recurrent revenue model, a SaaS model, are most of the clients you provide your tools with on that model already? Or do you still also have clients that are maybe more old-fashioned? Yeah, I would say most of our customers have some recurring revenue aspect to their business. And that's probably where they're focusing their customer success efforts. But it's not exclusive. I would say 20 to 25% of our customers are still in the old on-premise model, but want to get more value out of their install base. And so the process and the best practices in the world of customer success really are starting to pervade the more traditional types of businesses that are not necessarily yet in the cloud or yet on a subscription model but are aiming in that direction and want to start building those best practices muscles in the area of customer success because it helps them today and it will help them even more as they move into those uh, kind of subscription or recurring revenue models. Let's take the other end of the question. If I were building a startup now for all these in our audience that might be at the early stages, when do you think it's a good time to actually hire or set up someone to head or sparehead customer success in a company? Is that something that needs to come very early on in the process of building a company? I think the general consensus is yes. And I'll give you a couple of anecdotes. There's a well-known blogger named Jason Lemkin. does a blog called Saster, S-A-A-S-T-R. And he wrote a blog almost four years ago now that said customer success is a single digit higher. And what he meant by that is it needs to be one of your first 10 employees should be the person who's going to lead and run customer success. That's how important it is. 
And anecdotally, I'll also say that the venture capital world in Silicon Valley is far less inclined to invest in a company, even at the earliest stages, who doesn't have a customer success leader or at least a customer success plan as part of their business plan. So more and more that's being pushed as one of the very first things that you should be thinking about, especially if you're building a SaaS company. Since we're reaching uh, almost the end of our interview, I know that you've co-authored a book about these topics. Uh, are most of the topics we talked about today covered in that book? Yeah, a couple of different things. It's the history of customer success. It's why it matters and how it's impacting the businesses today. And then it's a little bit of a forward look, like what might this evolve into over the next five to 10 years, which is very hard to predict because technology world moves so quickly, it's hard to even guess at what that looks like five years from now. And I would say this, having written the book now almost two years ago, there's a whole bunch of stuff that I would add to it today because we've evolved <laughs> dramatically. So maybe it's time for the sequel or customer success 2.0 or whatever we might want to call it. But it is a book that's really a guide for CEOs and it's really written for CEOs of non-SaaS companies who are beginning to think about customer success and why it might matter to them, even if they're in a more traditional business at the moment. So if anyone wants to maybe have a better understanding of where all this might lead to, especially since now the book you said is two-year-old, how could they reach you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter, Dan T. Steinman. You uh, can obviously find me on LinkedIn. And you can email me directly at dsteinman at gainsight.com if you want to talk shop. I'm always happy to talk about customer success, as you can probably tell from this interview. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. I, and I find myself doing a lot of mentoring because I do have a lot of scars and I'm very willing to share them so that other people don't experience some of that same pain. So I spend a fair amount of time with small companies or people who are early in the customer success journey and just want to understand where that path might take them, either from a career standpoint or how it will impact or how they can help make it impact their current company. So I'm easily accessible and you'll find pretty open to having those conversations. Well, indeed, you were very open with me. So thank you so much, Dan, for today. Yeah, very happy to do it. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul.